Uh, well, first of all, Bruce, thank you very much for coming to La Plata and for being here uh, for our uh, customers and fan base mm -hmm. today. And of course, your fan base. We're very excited to have you. Um, I haven't made too much of a big deal about this, but this is a big moment for me. Uh, I grew up playing guitar in the 80s mm -hmm. and uh, started seriously getting into guitar, uh, let's say 89, 90, uh, right before the Revenge album came out. Oh, good. And okay. uh, to me, that was an awesome mm -hmm. album when I heard that for the first time and sure. I saw the videos on MTV. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, this is awesome. This is what I want to do with my life. So it's a big moment for me to have you Great. here. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, totally Cer cool. Certainly Kiss throughout its uh, career, which is very long, of course. So it doesn't matter when you jumped in, but they've uh, kick-started a lot of people's dreams. Absolutely. And and um, it's nice to hear, of course, your story. And, and you have a Wonderful story here. So you've done no, quite well you. with yourselves. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's uh, all about getting into music and rock mm -hmm. and roll early on. And yep. I decided that I could never be an accountant. I could never sure. sell insurance. I had to be around the electric guitar. So <laughs> here <right>. we are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, surrounded by guitars and gear. That's yeah. right. Um, so the kind of the premises of this podcast is our students and our customer base listens mm -hmm. and they kind of want to understand your musical journey, um, right. kind of different things about you, what you listen to, what you do for practice routine, what mm -hmm. inspires you, stuff like that. So uh, before we get going too much, what are you working on these days and, and kind of what are your musical goals? Well, um, I have to admit that, you know, I just survived the Kiss Cruise again, okay, which is always a lot of work. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the set that I put together with the guys that I performed with really was a celebration of my Kiss years. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm being honest about my... Uh, the month, you know, where we're at. We're in December now, okay? I just kicked off December with my uh, clinic here, yep. right? Um, I have a birthday this month. There's the holidays, of course. So I'm yeah. actually, it, it, to be quite honest, I am looking forward to, um, you know, having a little more family time and sure. stuff. Um, Grand Funk still has gigs even in December. You know? oh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what what I'd like to look at coming up, I'm, I'm already looking ahead. Most people, you need to, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And um, I, there was so much good stuff that came out this year to celebrate. And, uh, uh, you know, it was another triumph on that Kiss Cruise. And, and um, we, we, we decided uh, there was like a joke shirt one of the wives made with all the four guys in the band. Because the band doesn't really have a name. I'm booked as Bruce Kulik. So it had, uh, you know, the four names, Bruce. Yeah. Zach, or I think it was Bruce Todd, Zach Brent, okay, and and people were asking for the shirt on the cruise, you know, because the <laughs> two of the guys wore it, so we're offering that online, okay, oh, that's so that's cool. kind of fun, okay. you know, but musically, and I meant to have this conversation with Todd the singer a couple of days ago, I do want to record with these guys, because we're all living in Las Vegas, okay, and a lot of people have asked for new music from me, we actually sat down and looked at some ideas that I had uh, when we were getting ready to prep for the cruise, but with a set list that was as um so many songs as we prepared even though some are medleys okay uh, um there was no time yeah. yes there was no time to carve out um a proper arrangement for a song or two and go in the studio before that time but i think i think in the first part of 2020 uh, uh one of the musical goals at least uh besides uh, you know just doing my gigs with grand funk or whatever else comes up is to mm -hmm. uh, accomplish some recording with those guys. Sure, uh, archive that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, like I said, I, I, you know, they're so talented. I certainly, um, it's been quite a while since I've recorded. Okay, the last solo record was actually BK3, which came out in 2010, which is oh, crazy. Wow, so it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, actually, ten years. That would be a good, <laughs> be a good celebration. You know. uh, many bands don't record as often now, as right. you know, because it's, it's the, not the, as... yeah, the industry's changed so much and. Um, I mean, people are still celebrating stuff from the beginning of my years with Kiss, you know, yeah. so, uh, but that, that would be musically what I want to do. There's always things that I love to do with my wife, Lisa, as well. I know we're going to prepare. We haven't yet, but we will this in the next coming weeks, uh, a Christmas song. You know, I always put that on YouTube too, but usually it's a standard or an actual legitimate Christmas song. Sure, not, done okay. not, not a rock up no. version. Yeah. She's got a beautiful voice that's much more, 
um, American stand, standards kind of you okay. know, songbook kind of voice, although she can sing a lot of the, you know, the rock and the pop stuff. But no, we'll probably do, you know, another like popular Christmas song. So any ideas, you know, what it's going to be? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say the wrong title, so I don't want to say, but okay. we talked right. about it a few times and I'm embarrassed. I don't remember, but we, <laughs> we were up in the air with a few of the usual, you okay. know, uh, traditionals. Uh, and, and I'm already, you know, like once Thanksgiving happens, that's when I'm allowed to, in my mind, start play Christmas things yeah. and start yeah. thinking about it. So this morning I woke up with, uh, you know, a pretty vintage Sinatra uh, Christmas record. I love that kind of stuff, the Rat Pack and Dean Martin, really? Winter okay. Romance. Okay. I mean, I'll tie it in with, uh, if you ask me what I listen to. I don't listen to a lot of rock. I mean, I'm aware of the bands that I love, and I would never shut off a a Led Zeppelin or, you know, Who track or anything sure, like or that. Sure, Beatles or something. But, right, or, yeah. and I still love the Beatles. I know I'm going to, that will be one of my gifts, I'm sure. I'm getting, will be like the Abbey Road new deluxe edition for, oh, okay. for, for the holidays. Right. I'll get that, I'm sure. But I'm just saying, I do love listening to uh, uh, people like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and different things, you know. Okay. Uh, because it, it just, their phrasing and, and the musical content um, is is a challenge for me. You sure. see what I mean? And, and it inspires and, you right. differently than a, a it does. basic rock song yep. would. Yeah. I feel that uh, I learn from that. So, okay. and 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 I find that it's really interesting that I don't. I haven't gotten tired. It's been a couple years now that I really love listening to it. And it's not like I get tired of it. So okay. that's a good sign. Yeah. You know? yeah. But either way, I, like I said, I still like. I'm very excited every time the Beatles come out with something or the Who talking about a new record. I want to hear it. You know. Yeah. Some of the the new darker, really crazy bands i'm aware of and like a band like ghost i think is really good but it's not you know i love greta van fleet especially yeah because to me like they it, it's 70s rock almost yeah, like they, it's got all the same exactly. vibe and flair yeah. and i really feel they were organic with it even though some people want to slam them for being led zeppelin like I, I don't do that yeah I, I don't see it as a calculated thing no. i think they are what they it, are yeah. it's their influences yeah. you know exactly. that they were uh this day and age you're you're able to seek out uh, older archive stuff mm -hmm. and, and, you know, who inspired Led Zeppelin, who else exactly. was in that realm, and, and yeah. you listen to that stuff, and it just bleeds into you. And Absolutely. You, you know, get that. So. And I'm still thrilled every time. If I'm out, you know, yeah, I'm going to get recognized once in a while, but, you know, most of the time when I'm out and I see a young kid wearing a Kiss shirt or a Zeppelin shirt or a Hendrix shirt, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. that's the great thing about the music that uh, influenced my life and, and I grew up with is obviously this entire... Um, shall I say, classic rock. I don't see that as a bad term. I, no. I see it as, no, as, no, as no. amazing music. And in the same way that if you want to look at the music from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, from the big band to when uh, the Rat Pack and all that, they, they call that the American standard, you know, the American yeah. songbook, of yeah. a, you know, which appeared in movies and things like that. These are eras of music that will never, ever be gone, right. you know. So, um, and they're, they're still breeding new fans every absolutely. day. Yeah, you know, I see a lot of people. young fans of every kind. Obviously, I'm very excited when they're fans of my my, my era of, sure. of Kiss, sure. which I see more often than not now. I, I can't believe the, uh, the, the number of young people really embracing Kiss uh, of all eras, which yeah. is really, really, really impressive to me, I have yeah. to say. It's a it's a cool thing, and, and the band has such a history and such a vast catalog um, that there's really music out there for just about anybody. You Absolutely, know, what you're what you're kind of looking for, and what yeah. you like, you know. And and digital being good or bad, you know, with streaming and everything, at least there is a source for everybody. You don't have to buy something if you're curious. You know, right. like oh, you know, Bruce mentioned this band. I I meant to check out that band. Let right, me, you know you can check them out and hopefully you'll support them. And I still love physical product. Absolutely. I buy yeah. vinyl, I buy CD, everything, you know, when I was into like, say a few years back, I really liked some of the stuff I heard from Muse, you know? Okay. So of course I had the CDs and I went a little further back and I heard another one I liked. So I got that one. And then of course my favorite one, I had to get on vinyl, you know? Yeah, so yeah. this is, this is the same. Everyone has that opportunity, you know? So, uh, that's one of the pluses of, of course, the streaming music. Yeah, and it, it gains you exposure that you might not necessarily have had Absolutely. before, you know. So, yeah. There's... And there we are on YouTube talking about it. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> See? <laughs> so and we're not on an island. We're, we're definitely on land. <laughs> yeah, we're on, on land. Island music. And, yeah. and on YouTube <laughs> yeah, or wherever yeah, we end yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you've been with ESP for a really long time. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me about that relationship. It's I'm a great really company. I'm really one of their, their, their probably longest, uh, me and uh, certainly George Lynch and I, I, yeah. I think are 
the two longest that, that got involved. I mean, the guy who's the president of ESP actually worked for George when I met him. He wasn't with ESP yet. You know, they weren't quite established. You know established, what? I think George you know. told me that yes, when he was yes. here. Yeah, okay. And Matt's a dear friend of, of mine, uh, and he's a terrific guy. Um, and it's exciting to, to still be working with them. But it was like 86 was when some people in New York that I knew who were players that wound up taking jobs in the industry told me about this new company. And I'm living in New York, of course. So they took me down. They had a um, their dis distribution for ESP guitars, which is, of course, electric sound products, but started out as only a Japanese company that was originally making mostly parts, okay? okay. Because we all know that, like, for example, Fender guitars are always popular, but there were years when Fender was not going so through good. changes, yeah, yeah, not sure. so good. In fact, when Fender retooled back in the mid-'80s, uh, Japan was making their guitars. You know okay. that, and those are, those are pretty popular, some of those mid-'80 ones. And they, and because they, I don't, I'm, I'm not really that familiar with what was happening, but I'm just saying that, first of all, the value of guitars from Japan at the time were not super expensive. Right. They are now, as we all know. And um, the uh, ESP guitar company started to, instead of being a parts company, becoming an actual guitar company, making models, trying to figure out what the young people would like. And they've, I think they've done quite well with it all these years. Yeah, I would know. think so. Yeah, totally. I still have this advert. Uh, I know I shared it all with the company. I made, you know, I scanned and everything. Uh, the very first uh, thing that I got involved with with them, they featured me um, on the price guide for NAM, which was just a very simple card, and it was a, a photo of me playing one of the M1 models, which okay. was. Which is kind of a super strat. You sure. Know? That was big at the time. Yes, I mean, everybody yes. had a single humbucker exactly. guitar, Floyd. You know, and that was, was perfect for the Kiss years, you know. So um, I was on the cover of that in 86. And, okay. And, you know, I've, I've never looked back, really. They, there's always been ESPs in my arsenal, you know, with Grand Funk. I'll admit, because I have backline lugged around to all the, you know, the, the gigs that I could have various guitars there. Yeah. Okay. But when I need to take one guitar, you know, it's it's always an ESP. Okay. Uh, and, and certainly uh, the people saw on the cruise how I had a, a really nice uh, M2 yep, that I performed that. with and a, and a Vintage Plus, which was a little older model, but it just did the job. I just had some work done on it, and the thing was playing too well to stay to say I'm not going to have a spare. I want a spare, you know, yeah. and, and, and it turned out to be very helpful. And obviously, you know, I've seen the, the company grow incredibly. And of course, once it started to introduce uh, guitars from, you know, from other factories, you know, sure, Japan got very expensive. So we all know that if you're you're buying a ESP branded instrument, it can cost a lot of money. Sure. You know, that Thousands, only, only yeah. says ESP on it. Yeah. But I found that there was so many of the LTD models, which came from other countries. Uh, that they helped design that were just real workhorse horses and 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 very well valued. You know, the guitar wise. you're holding, I yes. would say, is the best guitar under a thousand dollars that there is. Yeah, I mean, these, it's an amazing instrument. These one thousand LTDs. People have seen me a lot with the, the for a long time. I, I also will play a Viper. That's uh, the white ones. Yep. Where they don't actually offer that particular color combination, but. That guitar, I've 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 owned so many of them, and I love them. Uh, the Horizons, I've owned, of course, the real Japanese ones from the beginning when they created it. Sure. But I had I have quite a few of the LTD Horizons, and and of course we all know that they they worked into these like a Deluxe, which is like the M series right um, version. Yeah, CD. and and um, the quality's there for the value. So I'm um, I'm real happy to be a part of the company all these years. It's yeah. exciting. It, it seems like it's a great company to partner with. The product always comes in immaculate yeah. uh, in terms of, of setup. And, and uh, you know, you never open an ESP out of the box and the switch is broken exactly. or something. You and know. as you know, I come to the store without a guitar. Right. Uh, then I'm These just are all play our guitars. Stock. Exactly. And, and, you know, so. The only thing I do is tell you to tune it down, you know, yeah. to, to, to E flat and put the disgaged strings on it. Sure. Yeah. No, no, that, that consistency, and also they're very strict about B-stock. It's kind of funny. On occasion, I knew of a, of a dealer in California when I lived there that would carry some of the B-stock that they had to get rid of. And I'm like, uh, can you show me what's, what's, the, wrong, what, with what, what's yeah. wrong with it? Yeah. Uh, one little thing on the binding. That you wouldn't here. even notice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always really impressed with their quality. Yeah. 
and that's cool because in today's world, especially with things that are so mass produced, mm-hmm. some companies think of things as disposable and, and don't kind right. of put their best foot forward. You Absolutely. know, it goes out and there's high yeah. frets or, yeah. you know, whatever. It's unplayable mm-hmm. and it, it does the customer a disservice. Right. Uh, especially a younger customer because they don't know any better. Kind of, of course. Thing, you yeah. know? Uh, but no, ESP is, is awesome to work with. Um, tell me a little bit about... Any other guitars that you have or gear that you're kind of close to? I know uh, I, I love watching the Kiss Guitar of the Month segment. Oh, thank you. I love okay. it because I remember fact, most I'm, of those I'm guitars. Behind. It's already December, but I didn't get to it. <laughs> but I think because of the holidays and everything, uh, I'll get a little pass from my fans. Yeah, so I think so. When I get back from this trip to Maryland, I will be having my wife film me with a guitar. And I actually think uh, I think I already... I forgot which one I'm going to do next, but it's going to be in, uh, probably in another ESP. I'm very fortunate I've held on to them, but um, the other guitars, obviously there's always like a ooh, ow, Gibson or something sure, that I love, sure. a 355, an old Les Paul. Um, you know, uh, the uh, the PRS line, I like quite a few of them. There are none of those in the Kiss Guitar of the Month. Sure. Okay, that but came um, afterwards, I yeah. like the McCarty model a lot because yeah. I felt like they were doing their version of what could a Les Paul be if it had right. more of a Strat shape, right. in a sense. So I have uh, a, a few of those um, that I really like. Uh, there's always Fenders that, I, that I've that i owned, but I tend not to go, since I, if I'm playing a Fender style, I'd rather go ESP M1 or fancy Super Strat style. Okay. So the only Fenders that I like is, like, I have a Tele. I may have, like, a reissue Strat that's, like, a legitimate regular Strat. Okay. And you know the Vintage Plus series by ESP. They captured quite a few. You know, they don't offer oh. as much anymore, but I've had some of their Vintage Plus regular three single humbucker. Yeah, I and mean, then single, they have the single coil. three single coils, right. one humbucker right. with the Floyd. Right. Right. Right, you know, right. whatever, but yeah, those were great guitars. Exactly, too. but certainly Strat line stuff, and and yeah, you can't not respect Fender for what they've contributed. Sure. And, and it's a tool. I mean, it's yes. a different sounding guitar. Absolutely. And sometimes you need that. You yeah, know? I'm I'm a fan of some of the hollow body things too. Like I I love, and this is not something I really necessarily see a company like ESP getting into. But let's say like a three three thirty five, or yeah. like I mentioned a three fifty five. Like I know I have this one Cherry custom shop from probably Memphis you know, 355 that I used in one of the Christmas videos with my wife because okay. it's cherry red. Yeah, right? yeah it's Christmas the guitar. Yep. And, and, they're, and they're great guitars, you know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I still have some vintage things that are really cool. You know, an older um, 335 that happens to have a very tone on it, 65, which is kind of unusual. Cool. I have a 56 custom with the P90s, but they're not, they're the replaced pickups to Marzio. That was a Kiss Guitar of the Month. Okay. And that guitar did some work on the Kiss albums. You know, it's always been great to have an old junior. The only one I kept was a really beat-up one. Yeah, because you know? it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I used that also during the Kiss years. So I still have my, you know, the vintage things. A few reissues for certain years of Gibson Custom Shop that I preferred, though I haven't uh, jumped into any in the past uh, that I probably... Anything I probably had would be at least 10 years old, kind okay. of, you know. Okay. But, uh, you know, 57 reissue gold top, that's gorgeous. Um, but my, I, I have all these guitars. It's crazy, but I don't get to visit them quite often enough. Nah, you know? But they're there if you need yeah, them. It's a are. tool, and if you need that sound or that feel. And then there's uh, instruments that I love that I don't get a chance to play often. But that, let's, let's say on the cruise, I knew I was going to sit in with Kiss, so I made sure that I had my... We used to use these Chet Atkins, you know, the yeah. SST, they call them. Sure. You know, which is not... I don't even think Gibson makes them anymore. No. But I was able to pull out my old one that, uh, and it wasn't the actual one, but it was a similar model, similar year at least that I found used. Use that on unplugged. So I used it when yeah. we did the uh, sail away party. You know, that's, that's fun to play. Well, better than Tommy saying, "Here's your spare." You know, here's my spare. I'd rather have my own guitar. You yeah, know, if that's I can, right. So, yeah. but I also love basses. You know, I, I should make a quick note of that. That uh, you know, I've played some bass on the Kiss records too, besides on my solo records. But I have an old Hofner '66 and a. Okay, like a Beatle bass style? Yeah, okay. yeah, McCartney, yeah, yeah. And wow, then I have, cool. um, I, I always loved Yes, so I have a Rickenbacker 4001. You'd have to have that yeah, if you yeah. like basses. It's mean, in that's, that fire, that's fire, fire glow, glow. Yep. yeah, okay. color. The 76, so it's really nice. And then uh, uh, I have a couple EB3s because I always love Jack Bruce. Okay. A 67 and a 68. And then a couple of real Fenders, a 66 and a 68 P-basses. Okay. Well, one's, I'm sorry, and this, yeah, Two P basses and then a 65 jazz bass, which I, you know, I definitely is a fun guitar to play. Wow. So I'm, I'm really blessed with the basses, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, you've got a pretty spoiled. awesome collection. Yeah, yeah. I have some nice bass. <laughs> I let go of quite a few things when I made the big move from California. 
a, a year and a half ago, I, I realized, oh my God, that was obviously not moved by allied, okay, movers. You know what I mean? Okay. It's done professionally by a cartage company, but yeah, you would have to. I got rid of, of you know, yeah. yeah, I had to get rid of like quite a few instruments, which was fine. I, I still have plenty. Yeah, and sometimes you, you feel almost guilty because you have these awesome things and they're just sitting here in a yeah. case somewhere. You don't even look at them, you know. Yeah, I and need to get I need to get more involved with them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you store them all? I mean, do you well, have I don't have that room? many now that I'm fortunate in my home. Uh, I do have room, and then there's plenty at the backline uh, company with Grand Funk because okay. we have three rigs, and I'm a bit of a nut with that. Okay. That I can change, you know, a guitar every two songs. <laughs> okay, so the guitars are just there in broke cases, ready yeah, to go, yeah. and, and you say, "Hey, me. I want rig A," and yeah. they send it where you're going, yeah. and you say, "Okay, I want." Most of the time, I see the like, like whenever you do a Maryland gig, it would be the A rig, you know. Okay. And that starts off with a custom Viper ESP that's gorgeous, and and I have one of those uh, vintage pluses on that rig too. Okay. But yeah, I can. I'm spoiled. Yeah. I can, <laughs> that's I can awesome. Break them out. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about amps. Amps. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm a big Marshall fan. I haven't quite stayed modern with, like, some of their latest offerings. Sure. Okay. I, I know I like the 900 series a lot, and I'm very familiar also with 2000 or the 900s. I know that the people sometimes are critical of them, and that there's not enough bottom on them or maybe not enough gain, but I'll, I'll use a pedal to add the extra yeah, gain. Yeah, boost or a tube cream or something. And then or... the worst thing is... Uh, uh, the bottom while I roll off the uh, the treble and the and the presence. Yeah, and there it comes. I mean? And yeah. there is the yeah. sound, right. But I always find that I can go, um, you know, wherever I need. And if they provide me with one of the 900 series, I, I'm real close to dialing in my tone in minutes. You know? Yeah, so I mean, that, when you like that. set up with this 900 yeah. series today, which is actually yeah. mine personally, okay. uh, I mean, it took you no time at all. No, you no. Just said, I, 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 I can, right. I can get to that sound exactly. so quickly yep. with this. So, you know, at home, it's kind of funny. I, I, I have because I do have a two-story home, I, I like to have these little Fender Super Champ XDs around that. the house. Yeah. yeah, they have a great little bit of modeling for the delays if I want, and the clean and the distortion sounds are great. I own some boutique uh, amps. I don't I haven't really pulled them out in quite a while because any of the recording I've done recently, I'd either use my friend's boutique head or I'd be using software. Okay. okay. But I have lots of vintage amps, you know, the little Fenders and... Uh, um, Another great amp. I have like a little car that sounds like an EC thirty-ish kind of thing. Okay. Car, you know, the like British style stuff. sounding. Yeah. I an old Basement sixty-six. You know, okay. Fender head. Those are great for guitar. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I always you know make jokes of amps that I, I hate them because they're heavy and they are <laughs> and loud. You know, but but I know my go-to. Whatever I need, you know, I know I know what to go to. And uh, um, and it's funny, like I said, sometimes even I like those like. Um, Blackstar makes this little fly. There's that one. We you know, have those. Yeah, those we are We have awesome. 100 of them. A big stack I, of I Maryland so flag many people onto those. They're awesome. Yeah, and for yeah. a little practice amp to like right. sit in your living exactly. room and play, it's got exactly. a good delay on there. Yes. The distortion sounds and, good. And to think that you can clean. have all that in a little like yeah. $60 package or yeah. so. Yeah, it really runs cool. on batteries. Yes, it's yes. awesome. So <laughs> I love those little guys too. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're great amps. And so the last piece of, of the tone puzzle is the pedals. And you and I spent some time going through pedals today. And, uh, I got to tell you, it was awesome. You, let's say, two or three weeks ago called me and said, hey, I just need a couple of these little boss pedals to get my sound on the right what to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we, we pretty much grabbed a bunch of pedals yeah. out of the showcase, yep. brought them here, and you were able to get your sound fairly Absolutely, quickly. Yeah. And uh, it sounds awesome. I, mean, I it, just it, There was just a little learning curve in the uh, TC Electronics, which I'm familiar with that yeah. company, because you sold the uh, the Boss uh, DM2, yep. which, which, yep. I, which I understand. Yep. They're, they're, they're hot right now. But yeah, I mean, the boss pedals are my go-to, although, you know, again, I own quite a few pedals, too. And sometimes, you know, and it's just because I've been around long enough, you know, sometimes <laughs> I'll go with some of my older things, you know. Sure. So I do have some of the boss pedals that were the first Japanese reissues. Yeah. I mean, issues, right? The actual Instead version. of the reissues, yeah. right. Yeah. So many times, in, including my wah, this box is sounding great, which is their kind of Hendrix reissue right. type of, of vintage-style 60s Vox, but... I have some old ones, you know what I mean? I yeah. have my favorite ones. They're all a little different. But, yeah, pedals are so much fun because, you know, you, you know they inspire you to play and you didn't break the bank, you know, with, with the tone. Yeah, for, you know, for $100, you yeah. can get something that exactly. totally changes your tone and yep. makes you play more, yeah. you know? So I do find most of the companies that are very competitive now, they all make quality products, and it's really up to you guys, the meaning the consumers out there, to decide what they like and make, make, make sure, music and, and with it. Sure, and try yeah. some and, and exactly. get, get an idea. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was. It's actually amazing to me that you flew here with pretty much. Nothing. I brought nothing. Yeah. I, brought, <laughs> I brought some of my own guitar picks, yeah. which is just you know uh, Jim Dunlop's .73 nylon, which you probably have yeah, here we too. Have it, yeah. yeah, and a strap. Uh, and, I don't know that, that exact strap, strap, but it's only yeah. because it's comfortable and it's not a stage <laughs> strap. It's something if I'm going to sit and I feel like I need a strap, I'll yeah, bring it. And it, and it has a little vintage look to it, that thing. But but other than no, that, I didn't. I mean, and and that's a, you know. But I don't want to you know hurt a store by saying it, but yeah, Slash will offer an amp. Slash will offer a guitar. It doesn't mean you're going to sound like Slash right. if you own it's the It's all gear. in your okay. hands. It doesn't it, matter. A lot yep. of it is in your hands, and yeah. you know that. But the tools of quality that most artists and most of the, the things like that are going to be featured working with you, th these are all quality products that, that someone like myself would go to. And in fact, I don't need my you know special mojo guitar from home. Right. To, to do a good job performing for everybody. Right. But but people's talents, what they do need to understand is you can buy all the gear in the world and it's not going to make you, you know, a great guitarist and it's not going to make you a great singer. What mic, you're, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. if you're on a $10,000 mic. A lot of it is your ability and, and, and how you've learned to express yourself as a musician. Sure. So don't forget all that. You, yeah. need, you need island music to help you Absolutely. with the tools, okay, but to perform. But your talent needs to be honed, and that's something completely different. That I, I mean, does your store give lessons, for example? Oh, yeah, yeah, All absolutely. right, so I'm sure yeah. your teachers know how to help those are those, those aspiring students to be better. Sure, absolutely. And and you know you can have all the gear that you want, and while it helps you and inspires you to play, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't take the place of practice, right? And experience exactly. Greatly. And that's why every time I hear from Hendrix to Clapton to a, a great Kiss song, to Frank Sinatra. I'm, I, I'm just totally enthralled by the performances and the, and the way it makes you feel. Yeah. And that has, yeah, you can break it down and talk about what's the equipment, what's the mic Frank sang on, sure. you know, from Capitol Records or whatever, or what what amp is Hendrix playing through. But ultimately, it's really that that other intangible thing that all those that artists have there. Yeah. That, that really are communicating with you. It's just the gears that that kind of a the tool to to make it work. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about your practice routine. What do you do when you're at home, uh, and what do you do to warm up for you know a grand funk gig mm -hmm. or or even just like a clinic here? Right. You know, I, I mean, it's going to be different for everybody and for myself. Obviously, when I'm preparing to do something like a clinic at a store. You know, there's certain songs that I'm gonna you know know that I'm gonna do. So I want to you know freshen up on them. So I'll actually sit at home. I'm so uh, simple with that. I'm playing my iPad through like one of these little Bluetooth, you know, jawbone speakers. It's not coming out of anything huge. Using the little Fender Super Champ, okay, you know. All right. Sometimes no pedals at all. Towards the end, I may pull them out just to, just to, to get, get comfortable used to with trigger them. In the wah, yeah, the but right I kind of already know what yeah. my menu is when I want to color it, you know. Yeah. But I and I did that once before coming out here, where I used the pedal board, which is set up very similar to what what you you guys did, with, except it's not mounted on a board. Sure. And I'll play. You know, in this case, I did play a couple of my go-to ESPs that are comfortable. That probably were going to feel a bit like what you were providing here, you know. Okay. So. Um, so then, yeah, there's going to be preparation. Now, something like a cruise performances where you're going to play two sets, you know, that, that requires the band getting together in the house and going over the stuff. But then it requires going to rehearsal studios. Then you, right. you knock it out. Sometimes you can practice, too. One of the guys uh, did us all a favor, Zach, uh, thankfully, uh, kind of edited on, on GarageBand, like, all the songs, you know. Oh. So you can actually just play to them, you know what I mean? Okay. And that was fun. So then you just... Even Go though home your guitar and play the is, set, yeah, yeah with, you, with your guitar. Well, well, the medleys mostly he did because those were complicated. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you're doing two minutes of a song, then making a left turn and going into another song. You know, um, but but on a bigger level, when there isn't something to prepare for, and by the way, we got together in a rehearsal studio six times just for like three or four hours, running it down, discussing better ways to do it. But bands know they need to spend time to do that, to perfect how, how you're going to present something sure, live. Sure, to make, make yourself tight right. and to, to get the chemistry exactly. and cue all And just, just know you you should even run down your set kind of the way it's going to be or yeah. how you think you're writing it out. Sure. You know? Or at least songs that you know you want to link together. You want to feel what that's like. And the that's, transition. Yeah, exactly. And the timing the and everything. You yeah. want to know all that. But the stuff of just being a guitarist and whittling your craft and learning... I, I I just tend to like while I'm watching TV with my wife, I'll have a guitar in my hand and I'm just kind of noodling, you know, noodling around. Now, obviously, there's times I want to pick up and say and 
you know, just see if something comes up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes, I'll, oh, these chords are kind of cool. Oh, I'm hearing a melody, you know? Yeah. And then right off your phone, obviously, you can just record, record it something. and archive And it. then usually I know what I'm hearing just from that. So, so I have different types of ways of practicing depending on what is what really doing. the end goal, okay. you know? And, you know, everybody's got to know who's out there aspiring to be a musician or be a performer and getting to that level you know you there is a certain amount of prep for everything but but for me i look at it each each thing is a little different so the preparation has to be tooled to change that. to that exactly that makes total sense mm -hmm. yeah okay so do you still get pre-show jitters at all? oh do and you, you mentioned nervous? the one thing i didn't didn't answer though and you're right and that's what made me think of it was for a gig gig okay meaning the grand function yeah. okay yeah what do i want to do yeah, I want to get the fingers moving, and like it's funny with Grand Funk, I always play the Star Spangled Banner. So backstage, it doesn't matter. I usually don't even have an amp. I'm like, you know, I have to go through the whole thing. It doesn't yeah. even matter if other music's pumped in. Yeah. You know, I gotta play it once yeah. just just so it's in my brain. Even though, of course, I know it. You know what I'm saying? So I do. I do have that. I do have that anxiety about going on stage. Of course, that's such a mm -hmm. memorable piece too. Sure. That you cannot miss. A yeah. Note when on. you make a mistake, you're really embarrassed. Yeah. You know, other stuff. Yeah. That, and and by the way, I do it by myself on stage. Yeah. So it, if you make yeah. a mistake, I mean, yeah. instantly everybody know. knows. Know. Yeah. So it's not one of those ones that you can exactly. flub up. You know, yeah. and it, and it's fairly simple melody line, and and you know you can obviously mm -hmm. dress it up. Yeah. But uh, you know. One missed note, yeah, yeah, and all and, of a sudden everybody turns yeah, and like exactly. the blood drains out. Yeah. Of your no, face. I've had the pressure on me. I've done it at professional sporting events and everything, and I'm out of my mind, wreck, you know, <laughs> before doing. But that's that's normal. No matter how how good you are, you should be nervous, sure, uh, because you care. You know, yeah. that's the way I look. If you at didn't it. care, you wouldn't right. get nervous. Yeah. So you know, they ask about jitters, yeah, and then and then definitely uh, one other thing, like before a gig, you know, there's times sometimes. We don't have a lot of time to prep before we're ready to play. We got to get, you know, dressed, change clothes, sure, you know, shut up, whatever. whatever. Um, no, the gear is already there, but let's say that commute took a little longer to get to that casino or something, you know. But I, I'm, I'm not. I, I won't just like on the guitar. I'm usually, you know, chords for a few minutes, you know, and then whittle around. You know, okay. what I mean, you do have to warm up your hands just well, to loosen you know? up, right? And you just get want to loosen up. And you can stretch your hands a bit and do things like that. Okay. But to go up there cold is not great. Obviously, you wanna you wanna kind of play a little bit before you get up there. Okay. Most really great singers do a little warm up too before they get on stage. So the first thing out of their mouth isn't uh, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> big croak, you know. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you've had a pretty long, awesome career. You've Thank done you. a lot of amazing things. Um, tell me a couple of the highlights that you would think uh, from your career. Well, you know, early on, obviously, I was just happy to get out there and play. And I remember some friends and some people that met me or, you know, talk, you know, lots of times I'll talk to the band. Some of them were very, very flattering. Like, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be famous one day. And I'm like, you know, because it wasn't, you know, I loved playing guitar and, and I did like uh, performing, but it wasn't like, if I'm not a rock star, I'm going to kill myself. Okay. You know, but it was very fortunate, obviously, when opportunity would follow an opportunity and I just kept moving ahead. So, of course, even the first time, you know, getting out there with, uh, meatloaf and going, you know, on tour with the Bat Out of Hell tour, which was back in um, 70, I think that was 78, okay. Okay, 77 to 78. You know, he went from nothing to being a really huge star. And that was with, you know, I was in that backing band, you know, we did Saturday Night Live and we played huge arenas and big venues. Yeah, so you're probably balls, like, this you know. is awesome. This yeah. is, you yeah. know. And, and I'm glad I got that under my belt before I um, through, you know, opportunity and call it fate or whatever, you know, having that uh, offer to be in KISS, you know what I mean? So I'm glad I, I got to see what it is to play for over 50,000 people. Sure. and or be, be on, on live tour. TV yep, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I, but also joining KISS, obviously, really probably the biggest highlight, playing Madison Square Garden and so on. Yeah, that's You awesome. know, and, and being at Wembley and doing the Monsters of Rock and all these performances and going on uh, famous TV shows and everything. Sure, so all the MTV stuff yep. back then. And yeah, day, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and so all those things were exciting. And then, you know, for many years, I haven't done too many recently, but 
the uh, rock and roll fantasy camp was a lot of fun. Yeah. And and through that, I got to jam with Jack Bruce and play with Roger Daltrey. Some of your idols. And yeah. You're right there yeah. with them. That's play guitar amazing. with you know, Dickie Betts and, uh, yeah, meet all these amazing players and get to jam with some of them. So uh, I have to admit that uh, that was a real thrill, too. If I want to look at my, you know, big, big moments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th those are amazing big moments. Absolutely. You know, we should, we should definitely Ginger Baker, very who proud. we lost recently, was one of the guests, too. He was he was a little wild, you know, but he did the camp. And, <laughs> you know, my camper van got the jam from. So, yeah, a, a lot of really, you know, I have to admit, you know, um, I've been very fortunate in, in many ways with all with all those things. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your audition for KISS. What was that like? Well, you know, how I ultimately wound up in the band was was really just because um, they were always aware of me through through my brother and other players in New York. And ironically, uh, when they hired Mark, Mark St. John, I know they wanted... Vinny was out, okay, who didn't want to sign the contract, whatever. But they had to have somebody that was going to really be in the band on their terms, if right. you know what I mean. Sure. And I know they reached out to people like Grover Jackson of Jackson Guitars. Give me a list of guitar players, you know. Because he would know at that yeah. time, yeah. And I and I wasn't on that list because I wasn't a California guy, you know. But the next thing I know, uh, this guy, Mark St. John, got the gig, okay. And absolutely a very fast player, really, really, you know, fast stuff. And they did, you know, the Animalized record. Yeah. But at some point while they were recording, uh, and I'm not sure it's because Mark got ill or Paul Stanley didn't like what he was playing, but I got the call to be a ghost guitar, okay? And ghost guitar just means, you know, you're going to come in and play this stuff, but no you, your name won't no. be on the record, yeah. okay? So that was my first introduction to actually working with Kiss. And I remember Paul said, uh, well, don't cut your hair. It was about shoulder length at the time. I already lost the mustache. I know the... The rumor out there was that uh, they made me shave it. But when I did the session, I didn't have my mustache. <laughs> they, they knew me before with a mustache. Okay. Then. And then, then I got the call to fill in, and then it turned into um, them wanting me to be in the band because they, Mark did get healthy, and they gave him a shot, but they realized they had the right guy with me, which is a real weird way to get in a band, you know yeah. what I mean? But, but it's, it's chemistry, yeah, and if exactly. it's not there, it's not there. So I was kind of like the understudy. Although Mark didn't get a chance to live prove himself, even though he did some great stuff on the Animalize record. Uh, and then they realized that I was a better guitar player for the group, and they sent him home. And that was it until 96 when the reunion tour started. Okay. Was there pressure to play parts like Mark would play or even like Ace would have played? Well, I mean, do they. In a way, but not so much. Um, I mean, I think Paul knew that I wasn't you know, like quite as much of a shredder as Mark St. John. But at, at the time, I was also a lot younger than now. It wasn't that hard for me to play fast stuff. But I, I certainly didn't do as much of the finger tapping as, yeah. as Mark. But I got I got through that Animalized tour well. I mean, on that cruise, <laughs> we did a few of those songs. And I was like, I remember saying to Lisa, I was like, I'm going to do the best I can, and that's all I can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is 35 years later. I'm trying to play these crazy riffs, you know. And and I did a good job. I, in the end, it's fine. Um, they never asked me to be, like, note-for-note note ace, where, you know, Tommy has encompassed in, in, in that, that space man role and plays ace very meticulously, actually. Uh, my years in the band wasn't about that so much. Right. Okay. At that point in time, it was about moving forward towards mm -hmm. what the musical landscape yeah. was then, not recreating exactly. what, what... But you should know, I mean, some of the tapes that I heard with Vinny playing the old material, I was just like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Vinny really took some liberties that I would never do. But I, I always felt like my... I, I've done a good job of uh, capturing the essence of what a guitar player may have contributed that's special to a song. But then I, I could make it my own. So on some of the stuff, I was more literal, but still you could tell it was Bruce and not Ace. Yeah. But on other things, I... I, I Tried to know, recreate. Yeah, that. I didn't. Like, if we did Strutter, I, I wasn't playing all his riffs. Or if we did uh, I Was Made For Loving You, I didn't play his solo. But um, Deuce, I was kind of doing my own version of what he did. You know, so... But I had that liberty yeah. where, I, you know, um, I've seen Tommy, you know, just, wow, you know, those are Ace's riffs. You yeah. Know? Uh, so... I wasn't asked to do that. 
That's but, cool. But I, I don't think that I, I there was ever any disrespect. And you know, Ace has always respected me, and he knows. You know, I've been very uh, respectful of his. Uh, you know, he's an icon. I mean, absolutely. You know, uh, and and actually, I know he just announced it to people not too long ago on the Eddie Trunk show. How um, I'm on the new record, one of the the records that he did, and it's a Hendrix song, ironically. Oh, that's We're cool. both big fans of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, Manic Depression. Okay. The song. Yeah. That's really cool. So, so it's it, it it wasn't that hard for me to be me, but at the same time be respectful of the the, the previous Kiss guitarists, and sure. certainly the biggest one being Ace, obviously. Sure. Okay. So you went from Kiss, and then uh, there was some time that you spent with John Karabi, uh, yes, and did some Union stuff. Tell mm -hmm. me about that. He's uh, awesome, great singer, mm -hmm. great songwriter, yes. great guitar player. A lot of people yeah, we're know so that. close. Yeah, Union came up because I wasn't going to be in Kiss. And uh, I remember this manager that worked with Kiss for many years, Larry Mazur, I remember speaking with him. And he said, you know John Karabi? And I knew of John. I didn't know him well at all. But he said, well, he's not in Motley Crue anymore. Maybe you guys <laughs> should get together, you know, and you know that story. So uh, I can't believe they're touring again. That's all, yeah, that's it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's really wild. Have you seen the YouTube video of them blowing yeah, up the contract yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that? Well, yeah. they always do everything big, you yeah, know, and they yeah. did that. So anyway, John and I, the chemistry was good. We're very different kind of people, though. I mean, he's a very sweet guy, but, you know, he looks like a pirate. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and, and I'm, I was never quite that look. But yeah. but anyway, we, we we hit it off musically and, and personally. So I'm real proud of the couple of records that we did in a live record and a DVD. So and we, we always say, like, at some time, we'll, we'll probably do something together again. That would be cool, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be really cool. Okay, so you went from the Union stuff into Grand Funk. Right. Uh, tell me about that transition. That's another uh, amazing, mm -hmm. uh, iconic yeah. rock band. No, I mean, it was like I, I see an email from Don Brewer. I met Don when I did some dates with Michael Bolton um, where we were on the Seeger tour, and Don used to play drums for Seeger quite quite often. Not this last couple of years because we got real busy. But, um, you know, Don's just an amazing drummer and, and one of the principal guys in the band. And when I got the email, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if this is even legitimate. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I asked this to speak spam, to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, when I spoke to him, uh, um, he said, look, you know, we're, we're, we're going to put this together, and you're on the short list of guitar players. You want to come up to Michigan and, and check it out. And I was, I was really nervous about it. I always have so much respect for Grand Funk. I have some friends that they don't care about my years in Kiss. They just think it's unbelievable that I'm in Grand Funk. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. you know, they love that band much more. But regardless of, of that, I saw it as a good gig opportunity. I remember the singer Max, Max Carl, who's a tremendous singer. He saw some pictures of me in Europe with Karabi looking like, you know, like, yeah, like hot chicks all over us, you know, and we look all edgy. And he was kind of like, you sure, sure about this right guy? guy? I don't know if I want to be with this guy. You know what I mean? It was like one of those things. And I remember going to his home in uh, L.A. and he got to meet the real Bruce, you know, not the, you know, backstage of some, you know, gig. Yeah. And he really, we hit it off very well. So, yeah. And now we're, we're we'll be entering our 20th year of performing. It's wow. unbelievable. Wow. So uh, Max Carl's an incredible singer. And then you have the original two guys, you know, Mel Shocker, who's just such a tremendous bass player. I was I was really influenced by him. I loved his bass playing when he was young. I like that Jack Bruce kind of yeah. distorted bass. And then Don is just such a solid, incredible drummer, fantastic singer. And then we rounded out with a, a really good keyboard player who sings like a bird, this guy Tim Cashin. He also played with Seeger and, and Robert Palmer. And we get along. It's kind of an interesting thing that we all kind of know how to get the job done and we all enjoy our each other's company because you know how many bands want to kill each other oh, yeah, after yeah, just totally. five years forget 20 so it's been it's been a really good ride with these guys and we play maryland quite often actually okay you know sometimes the uh casino live, maryland maryland live, live yep, you know yep. we did the state fair one time you know okay. we get around okay so yeah absolutely you gotta cut come catch i i see kiss t-shirts at the, all the all the ground function <laughs> it's kind of funny that's a cool feeling too. And a lot, yeah of course but a lot of them i i know that if they came to see me, I appreciate that. But they're going to know quite a few of the songs that we oh, play because yeah. they're radio staples, Locomotion. We're an American band, yeah. you know. 
uh, it's I mean, a lot we're of fun. An American Some Kind of Wonderful is, is a great song. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot of guitar in that one, but still, it's just such a catchy song. It's cool to have a keyboard player, too, because that allows Absolutely. you to, to do so many other things and yeah. kind of be free and have some fills. Yeah, no, no, and, and the B3 like, things that you know, when Tim goes to the keyboard solos, that's a big part of it. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in American had, Band, when you hear that, yes, yes, you gotta have it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about some of your favorite recordings that you've done you so if you look at all the stuff that bruce has recorded or that he's played on it's an amazing uh catalog of work i mean the wikipedia stuff is like oh, i mean well, the, you. these you know tribute albums yeah. the christmas album that we mm -hmm. talked about earlier obviously all the kiss stuff you know union there's so many things give me maybe your top two or three recording moments that that you listen back and you're like well, this is me you know certainly um there's a lot of highlights during my KISS years, you know, and um, I loved uh, the fact that, for example, uh, on Asylum, you have Tears Are Falling, which had a real requested solo, and, you know, I perform it. And then, um, you know, you move up to Crazy Nights has a lot of great stuff on it, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, that song No, 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 where I do my own solo guitar intro. Hot in the Shade has, you know, Forever... And, Which um, is an amazing yep, song. Yep. Yeah. And, and Hide Your Heart's real popular, too. But, Love that, uh, too. But acoustically, I always liked the way that solo sat in that song, which was Michael Bolton and, and Paul Stanley wrote it. Um, and then I love my... Uh, I mean, all my solo records I really like, but I certainly am proud of BK3 probably the most, the last okay. one, because I had a lot of you know featured guests that were really awesome. And, uh, and lastly, I, you know, one album that a lot of people may not know I'm on that I really love is... You know, I played on Billy Squire's Tale of the Tape, which okay. was the one before he really became very famous. I know Eddie Trunk talks about the record a lot. But I, I, I only played lead on a few songs, but I played a lot of rhythm on it. I was supposed to do more, but then I got busy with Michael Bolton, and we, you know, I couldn't do all the recording. But that's a great record. I had so much respect for Billy. You know, okay. so, so there's plenty of recording highlights there. I'm sure I'm forgetting yeah. a few things. Yeah, that's but, an but amazing Thank yeah, you. catalog of work. It's yep. really cool. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, as a live performer and doing this for a little while and being a professional musician, tell me about any gear malfunctions that you may have had during your career. Everybody has mm -hmm. them. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the worst things that can ever happen is, like, um, it's bad enough if an amp fails, okay? But, you know, lots of times if you're... And my, my pedal boards obviously see the extremities of weather being on the truck and everything, and right. I have a few different ones. But on occasion, I mean, it could some, be as simple as a, a cable that starts to go bad, and, you, you know, when you have a dozen cables hooked up in there... Yeah, and everybody's looking at you, it's right, hard to like, right. yeah. And then one just all it takes is one thing. That's why you really do have to keep an eye on stuff like that. I mean, we always have a spare amp, and as soon as things go awry on stage, you know you got to start eliminating, you know what I mean, and figuring it out. But but you're live, so there's no figuring it out. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? You're done already. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So and you start it, to get nervous yeah. and flustered. And, yeah. and, and then there's the occasional, uh, I just found it too recently. It's so funny. It was a really good recording, probably the first year live with Kiss. And I break a string, and I'm in the middle of a solo, and I break like the high string. Now, when you have a Floyd Rose on the guitar and you it's break a string, you are screwed totally. So it's so funny. You try to recover. It doesn't matter what you play on the guitar. Yeah. It's the, the tuning went away because of the breaking, you know, the broken string. So uh, yeah, I've had a few, but I, I recover as best I can. But yeah. I've had a few. That's the mark of a pro. Is yep. you just do your best. You recover. You, you get through it. the yeah, song. Exactly. You know, whatever long yep. whammy bar dive or yep. something instead of yep. the solo and uh, get through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, do you have any words of wisdom before we go for our yeah. guests and, and uh, our listeners? Well, certainly guitar players need to walk before they run, okay? I It drives me crazy when I go in mu certain music stores, you know, and I'm just hearing some guy playing just very fast stuff and, and there's no emotion attached to it. So that, that I'm always like, huh. I get it, you know, and, and uh, that you want to play fast, but it really doesn't make any sense, you know. And, and I do, I, I've run into people that don't know their chords, but they, they're not a bad lead player. And I find that to be really That's weird. weird a little yes, bit, very yeah. weird. Yeah. I really do think that they, you know, people should learn. Uh, like, I don't read music well, even though I have some, you know, schooling with it. But I do think understanding the theory between the chords and major minor and, and, and the what certain modes and yeah. the keys and 
and, and and understanding your inversions. I think understanding that stuff is important, and I and I think it goes a long way in communicating. Also, knowing how to communicate with other musicians. There is a certain language we use. You yeah. know, you know, take it from the head, the top. You yeah. know, from the B section, from One, go, to, four, five, go to the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the five chord. Yeah. And and I and I know sometimes me saying it to some people, and they're like, eh, "What are you saying?" You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you should learn those things. So and the last piece of advice, besides you know, um, always being you know, try to believe in yourself, but understand that there's always some somebody you can learn from, no matter what Absolutely. level you're at, is to to play with other people. You got to get out of your bedroom, uh, your home. And and work with other people, even if the, even if you don't get along with them somewhat, you need to get get out there and play. Yeah, you know. So I love the guys that are doctors and they're you know very successful and businessmen, and they have their weekend warrior gig. And, and I got a friend who's a big accountant and a doctor. He records all the time. They love it. Yeah. You know, I think they look forward to that more than their job, but they already are pros at their job. And now this is this a great is their outlet. Yeah. And, and, instead know. of golfing, they go to the studio. Instead of golfing, they're performing, you yeah. know. So I find uh, I find there's always a role for music in your life. And it's a, it's a really good feeling when you are playing and people respond. And regardless if it's just for your you know, your, your family or yourself, you know, yeah. uh, I encourage everybody to uh, play music and own an instrument or two or three or like the poster in your restroom said. You yeah, know. <laughs> how many guitars can you have? Yeah, yeah, one yeah. more? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, one more, yeah. <laughs> so uh, music's music's good for the soul, so. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. This has been an absolute honor and uh, a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, we look forward to tonight's clinic and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you've been a super pro and awesome to work well, with. I, I can't say enough thank you, good Keith. things about having you here. So. And lastly, just if you want to keep in touch with me, there's brucekulik.com. I had a, a different site called kulik.net, but someone gifted me brucekulik.com. Oh, that's pretty fan. nice. Yes, wow, yes. that's crazy, actually. Yeah, because you know, you know how it is, yeah. the Wild Wild West. They, yeah. People kidnap your name and then hold you for ransom. <laughs> I don't have Island Music but, Company. But I, I still have all the archival dollars. stuff. You're, you're lucky you yeah. have that, yeah. <laughs> but um, the uh, on brucekulik.com is all the old stuff from kulik.net, but uh, brucekulik.com is uh, really cool. It's a lot simpler, and I always have events like like this all tonight right, yeah. you know there and merchandise and things like that and then my fate my official bruce kulik on facebook's great i'm on instagram i'm on twitter it's very easy to find me so okay. keep in touch and and thank you of course for having me yeah, absolutely yeah. and esp guitars of course absolutely thank you yeah. esp yeah. too <laughs>